0: Hey, welcome to Lux, the podcast. I'm Margot Morin, America's Catholic sweetheart.
1: I'm Stephen Antonio, and I'm a guy cleaning up the nativity scene with all those raisins.
0: <laughs> oh, I like that. That's pretty good. This is it's a callback.
1: It's a callback. Yes. To I love our, it. Our 20 listeners. And what do we do here, Margot, in Lux underscore the podcast?
0: So here at Lux underscore the podcast, we look at the upcoming Sunday gospel. We listen to it. That's L. We L. understand it in a new way. That's you. you. And then we talk about our own experience of the gospel in our lives. That's X. X. Yes. Okay. What and do you have a question?
1: No, this I just wanna let our listeners know that we have been seeing you um revisit restart so thank you welcome all our new listeners uh over the christmas time we appreciate we see you and also margo and i are recording separately today we normally record um in my personal studio which i call the living room and we're doing this over over zoom because margo you're going to a nice little retreat
0: i am i'm leaving right after this to go to maine up on the coast of maine for a three-day silent retreat
1: and that's awesome and i'm not and so here we are
0: here we are so we're doing this over zoom yeah. so we're this is a whole new uh, totally. sound you know,
1: we were like you know okay. what we got eight episodes in we want we want to flip the script again and do something right. totally different
0: we want to keep you on your toes listeners yeah. so uh but what no matter where we record we always start with a nice breaker you ready
1: hit yeah hit me
0: our icebreaker is, uh, where were you baptized, and what is your favorite kind of bird?
1: Okay. Uh, I was baptized at a Mac Conception Malden Medfin, where mm-hmm. my sister was baptized, where my, my sister was married. All my sacraments were done, completed there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And my favorite bird is probably turkey, because I love to eat it
0: that's so beautiful i just want to say for the listener that medfid is spelled m-e-b-f-o-r-d yeah Medford.
2: it'll
1: be in the, it'll it'll be in the um description
0: the show notes
1: yeah, show notes. yeah. all my okay. translations and mispronunciations
0: that is not a bad that's not a bad idea really yeah. okay um my i was baptized at saint charles Borromeo in brunswick maine uh my favorite oh, i have some love birds did you know this about me
1: no i knew you were an animal lover not <laughs> I, bird lover.
0: I mean I, lo- I just love them more and more i think they're just so cool but i think my favorite bird to see is one of those like big giant hawks circling around okay
2: okay yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. i'll be looking for them when i drive up to maine today because a lot of times they're like flying over the highway and yes like, yes You just can't i can't take my eyes away they're beautiful
1: you know, I, I did just see a blue jay on an exit it just flew down i was and doing something and um i was like oh my gosh it's a blue jay that's yeah. all they're amazing yeah birds are cool oh, wait yeah. have you have you seen that bird that uh looks like a dinosaur that's like it has like the no. it's ugh, i forget what it's called My like, we were just playing a game and someone used that bird's name as a name Forget what it was called, but it was hmm. scary looking. We'll we'll put it on the Instagram stories when this story comes out.
0: Well, here's the thing. Like birds are dinosaurs. Yes. Yeah. Which is amazing yeah. to me. I just
1: right, like Because now they're saying dinosaurs have feathers. Hmm. And yes, yes, listeners, we believe in dinosaurs. We're not those Christians that don't believe in dinosaurs.
0: <laughs> we're not those Christians. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today, although we do you remember what year we're in? Liturgical we, year?
1: 2023, no. Uh, no, year year A in the uh, Catholic liturgical cycle.
0: Yes. Okay. And we've been looking at. Do you remember what Matthew? Bible? Yes, correct. Yeah. Correct. Matteo. <laughs> That's right. But today we're popping over into the Gospel of John.
1: Okay, because John is and not part. of Doesn't have his own cycle.
0: He so doesn't he, have his own cycle.
1: He just he right. comes in when you want when, when you want. Yeah, when do you want more poetic, right? Because he's more like right. lovey-dovey.
0: Right. He's like um, Cousin Oliver in The Brady Punch. He just takes the story in a different perspective. Do you, do you not know Cousin Oliver? I'm
1: just trying to, I'm just trying to think of a modern um, <laughs> reference.
0: Let's, okay, let's keep going. So we're going to be looking at the Gospel of John, Chapter 1, okay. verses 29 to 34. It's a short one. Okay. And it happens, I just want to set up the scene. It happens right after John has been baptizing, and people have asked him, oh, are you the Messiah because you're baptizing him? Because you're baptizing? And he says, no, I'm baptizing in water. He'll baptize in the Holy Spirit, and he's coming. Okay? Yes. So So that's what happens just before this. So here's a reading from the Gospel of John. The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the spirit come down like a dove from the sky and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, "On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit." Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. That is a quickie.
2: That is a quickie. I feel like I've I've heard this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like not have.
1: (laughs) Not in my uh, thirty-four years of life, but right.
2: like, was was this done in Advent? I don't think so. I mean,
0: they're all pretty familiar stories.
1: That's right? that's right. It's probably a story from John that I heard, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. from
2: another gospel.
0: Plus, you don't hear the whole Gospel of John, so when you hear John, it's a story that you hear more often, probably.
2: Right. Oh, I,
1: oh, okay. I like that. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean.
0: Um, What did you hear? What stood out to you in that reading?
1: Well, I love, I <laughs> love that recently is the baptism with water.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, Jesus will come with the Holy Spirit. That, that has been like kind of circling me for a while. What do you mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This is why it sounds so familiar. I think it's something that I'm, something some program that i'm running or doing is talking about that like it's he's kind of defining you know his john is defining his role which is like mm-hmm. i only got power over water mm-hmm. physical something you can touch and smell and taste and then jesus is going to come out with a spirit ru- mm-hmm. roha i believe
2: roha
1: ru- yeah. um, which i think <laughs> is cool <laughs> What
0: that's, I think you're thinking, who's that um actor that <laughs> does all the gangster movies? Hoo-wah. He does it's like a marine thing.
1: You're talking about like um uh, <laughs> he's like oh, you make gangster like mobster. Oh, yeah. I went like 90s gangster.
0: Oh, see, okay, this is why Ooh. this is intergenerational. This, this is good.
1: we're off. The rails. <laughs> Off the rails, second Sunday of ordinary time. No,
0: no, we got this. We got this. So yeah, yeah the, the,
1: the difference between yeah. like John's John's baptism and, and then kind of foreshadowing Jesus. That's kind of what stu- stood out for me too. Because I don't think this is a new realisa- realization for me. This is something that I haven't really clicked the multiple times I heard this before.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah.
0: So tell me what you think about John.
2: Well. John is,
1: uh, he, I think John has his own kind of view of what Jesus will be, be the Messiah, and has his like own rules. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: it looks like it's more like the Jewish way of like being a true king or like, mm-hmm. you know, like forgive, you know, the, the, the a hard ruler is coming. And I know that uh, he he doesn't have a great end to his life
0: oh poor john yeah yeah Uh, so john you know is um jesus's cousin
2: son of elizabeth
0: right john is we may have talked about john already but in the maybe in a podcast but john is the first yeah probably on the annunciation or something anyway yes but john's the first one to recognize jesus even before either of them are born right right because mary goes to elizabeth's house And when Elizabeth sees Mary, they're both pregnant, and John weeps in her womb. So the story is that John knew, recognized Jesus for something, even before they were born. And then in this story today, John is like out there in the wilderness. He's cray-cray. He's wearing, you know, the clothing of a prophet. We did talk about this. And he's, you know, eating bugs and living out in the wilderness, and people are coming to him to be baptized. Right. Right?
1: In the Jordan, right? The Jordan River? Or is that where Jesus was baptized?
0: I believe that's right.
1: So John is only a few months older than Jesus. Right. So six months? Six months. Where? So they're like Irish twins. And... (laughs) um, (laughs) Like, where is... Like, is he... is Jesus like in hair and makeup? Like, where is he during this time? Because he's clearly an adult. Right. Is he in this desert. He just gave me a so look. I just, no.
0: No. It's, <laughs> no I'm, I, it's just such a good question because that's the part we don't know about Jesus. We have okay. one story about him when he is sort of an adolescent or. Yeah. It's like, you know,
1: where else I would I be kid. in the house of God?
0: Right. Right. When he takes yeah. off on his parents. Um, and, but then we really don't hear about. His story again until he comes into ministry, which is now. Okay. This, you know, basically his baptism
2: by John. I have a question because he, John,
1: testifies that he saw a spirit come down like a dove from heaven. I did not know him, and the one he sent sent me baptized with water told me. So, is that where we get that imagery of a dove being the Holy Spirit? Is it from John?
0: Yeah, definitely from John, but I it may. It may hearken back to Old Testament imagery, right? Like, um, it's a dove who comes to Noah to say that... Like, or, you know, Noah sends off a dove to, to see if the oh. plant, remember?
2: Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
0: Kind of that there's salvation coming, that they're going to be saved, basically.
2: Oh, and okay. So a dove
0: is a pretty big deal um, image in Scripture overall. Okay. And I'm trying to think if I have... My cat is feeling really romantic, so she's moving my phone around. Yes. Okay. So there's a prophecy about David's royal heir in Isaiah. It says, a shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him. The dove coming to rest on Jesus in his baptism is John saying that's a fulfillment of that prophecy. Oh, okay. Uh, so do you think it's interesting though that John says, I did not know him? He says it twice.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is this what do you think this, is this that, is? that he's seeing? Well,
0: he's what do you mean?
1: I saw the spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain oh remain upon him. So this upon is Jesus. Oh, I don't
0: at his baptism.
1: Not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize and told me. Oh. Oh. Okay, so is this like Jesus becoming divine?
0: So here's what happens. Okay. John is saying that John the Baptist received word that he should baptize with water, right? That yeah. he should start offering this baptism for for forgiveness of sins. Yeah. So this Jewish mikvah we've talked about.
1: Yeah, which is a Jewish custom, right? This is not new for them, right? Yeah,
0: right, right. So then um but somehow God has told John the Baptist that he will see the Spirit come down and rest on the Messiah. And that's how he'll know. Oh, So in this story, he's saying, look, I, it happened. I was told, it said, the one who sent me said, on whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So John's been looking for a sign to know who is the Messiah and has been told by God or the spirit or an angel who knows that he'll know when he sees the spirit come down and rest and remain on this person when he's baptizing. Wow. Okay. So now I'm kind of wondering if like, was John baptizing because he was looking for someone? Oh, you know what I mean? Like go out. (laughs) I'm just going to go out and baptize until I see this happen kind of thing yeah
2: yeah yeah
1: or like me i don't know and then like w- when he left for jesus in the womb um mm-hmm. like but he he still needed some confirmation that jesus would be the messiah
0: right and john this is something we have talked about john all the way through his life is like are you sure yeah. this is the messiah and you just right, right. kind of talked about that, right? Like, because yeah, he, he had expectations of what a Messiah would be.
1: Yeah, he came like he was going to be this and this and this. And, right. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. You did not know him. So that's what.
0: Yeah. I think that's so cool. Yeah. Like, his own cousin is like, eh, I mean, maybe, I mean, this is, <laughs> this is fan fiction at this point now that I'm doing, but like, oh maybe gosh. John was like, um, yeah, I don't really believe it. Like he, you know, he kept hearing, he kept sort of seeing that Jesus was the Messiah, but not believing it, and that's why he keeps saying, "Like I didn't even know, I didn't know him." So, because he obviously knew him, because they were cousins. Yeah, one scholar says it. He means I did not recognize him as the Messiah, rather than like he was a stranger to me. He'd been looking for the return of Elijah, and it was a reveal to him that the descent of the spirit and its remaining on the man he had baptized was the sign that it had happened. Okay.
1: Well, that's nice because, like, it's, I think, you know, people of faith, we always have a little bit of a doubt, and then Mm -hmm. always have moments of confirmation. Have you
0: had that experience?
1: Doubt and and confirmation? Yes, 100%. Do you
0: want to tell the a little bit about
1: No, I'm good. Uh, No, I, yes. Uh, Well, it it really goes back to, like, high school is my first, like, conversion moment where Mm -hmm. I started to really believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then it was kind of re, you know, 2.0 in college. Um, I Mm -hmm. think that that became more of, like, my own faith that I'm choosing to do this. Um, Or I I felt like I was missing it. So I, I sought it out yeah i don't know i think it's there there are moments in my life where um where i like i don't know it's just i so when i i i talk for a living and mm-hmm. so when i pray God normally tells me to shut up it's like i try oh. to say words and he's just okay. like just listen to me <laughs> and so um in moments like that i'll like kind of space out or you know meditate and then yeah. like things will link up in my head of like, oh, you like one of the things is like when I worked in Belmont, my first real ministry job, like my family members used to live in Belmont. So I was like, I went down a street that I was like, I know this street. Why do Mm. I know the street? Oh, okay. My aunt used to live here. Um, Weird that now I'm working in this community. So there's like moments like that of just like, for me, just kind of links. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm on from my interpretation is that I'm on the right path. I, ah, you
2: know, and so
1: uh, I don't, I never seek it. Uh, and okay. it happened multiple times um, when I worked in Weston too, and then Salem with my connection with my grandmother and my mom's mom's side too. Um, yeah. And so there's just been times where um, when I'm in, in some sort of meditation, that I kind of like connect it. So that's my confirmation. That's my, yeah. that's my dove falling on Jesus's shoulder. <laughs>
0: Just uh, dropping out of the sky like a yeah, like a and
1: I think it comes, it comes after moments of doubt too. So I have like periods of doubt of like, what, what am I doing, and then you know that subsides, and then some confirmation comes through.
2: What about okay. yourself?
0: You know, I have never I this, and I'm not bragging. This is pure luck, but I have not ever doubted god's existence hmm. for whatever reason i've definitely doubted um well i've definitely failed to understand god lots of times and yeah. been discouraged by that like not like sort of frustrated what are you doing yep you know why won't you just do this or why can't you just do that kind of thing um but it hasn't come across as doubt so much. My doubt is more in God's, like, intentions for me or or in my own, you know, faith life or how I'm doing, but um, not yeah. in God, necessarily. Yeah,
1: I, that's the same, same with me. It's it's never like, does God exist? It's more right. like, more like yeah. okay, come on, tell right. me what to do. I'm
2: here. Right.
0: Maybe like like John the Baptist, maybe it is about, like, why don't you look like I think you're supposed to look? Why aren't you doing what I think you're supposed to be doing? Yeah. You know, I'm grooving.
1: I'm with it. Why is this not matching up? (laughs) Right. Yeah.
0: The one thing I wanted to point out about the Gospel of John, which I just found out, which is sort of interesting to me, is that John is writing not a history. He's writing a theology. So everything we read in John is really trying to teach something about who God is and how God works, and he's he's happy to sort of present the story in whatever way suits that.
2: Okay.
0: So when you read John, it's more like you're reading kind of like a like a tribute almost than a history. Okay. Um, I don't know. I just that really struck me because I'm I've always kind of struggled with John because. I always feel like he needs a good editor. Oh. (laughs) People love John. They think the Gospel of John is beautiful and poetic. And I think it's like, I don't know. I don't want to say poorly written. (laughs) That's super ridiculous of me to say. Uh A mere mortal person and whatnot. But like. John was too. Yeah, right.
1: But who who was John writing to? uh okay some big words so please many scholars suggest that the it was written at oh gosh it was in Asia Minor the location about 100 EC which is after C. Christ
0: yeah cr- uh the current era
1: oh okay and Christians
2: of Hellenistic background
0: so Greek tell me a little bit about what you know about the Lamb of God? It's right there in that first, in in verse 29. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world.
1: My first thought is Mm -hmm. to go to a song. I can't think of the song right now, but... Anyways, but, uh, okay. (laughs) What I know is that um, the Lamb was the preferred animal during a sacrifice because it was a baby and also sheep were probably important to their community
2: yeah
1: and so that this is the sacrifice of god is what i would put into
0: okay well let's talk about sacrifice altogether like why were they sacrificing do you know
1: uh i this could be okay this could be me uh uh confusing different cultures but Mm -hmm. um That it had to do something with uh, rain or agriculture or good years Mm -hmm. or making God happy
2: kind Mm -hmm. of thing.
0: Yeah. You know, I was taught that, like, and this is, I don't think this is right. Like, I was taught that, like, the way sacrifice worked was I have sinned and God is mad at me. Okay. So I'm going to give him a gift and it's going to be something really a sacrifice like i'm going to suffer to give it yeah um but it's going to make god feel better right right yeah 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 Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. because
1: honestly like lamb is really good i love lamb yeah and um it's also like a future generation right right? that you're you're killing off
2: right And And, and,
1: and innocent yeah yeah innocent and yeah and you would probably use like every part of every animal, right? So like this is not just meat, but probably something more. Right. You know, a lot of things that you're sacrificing for. Right. But, but also back to I have sinned. I have turned away from God. So this mm. is my
2: makeup work.
0: Right? It's like paying him paying yeah. paying him a fee. Right? Yeah. Yep. So And of course i am no expert on jewish sacrificial practices yeah um but i think that's just not good teaching that's that doesn't sound like the god that i understand and here i am being john the baptist like that's not what god looks like to me
2: yeah right
0: but it doesn't even make sense like what what's god gonna do with a lamb a dead lamb yeah it's kind of interesting i i found i looked in the bible project have you looked at the bible project
1: not not recently
0: it's gotten like much bigger and it's really oh. interesting it okay. has they have for the listener's sake they have these video presentations of each book of the bible that are really really well done okay they're short and they're summaries and they're visual and they're really cool but also there's they have an app they have you know articles and things for classrooms and you know I, it's just good
2: Okay. Just so you know,
0: so I found this article on animal sacrifice oh. from the Bible Project, and he says for the Israelites, cutting an animal's throat and watching its blood—that is, its life—drain from the body was a visceral symbol of the devastating results of their sin and selfishness. So sin brings death. Wow. Okay. So. Uh, let's see. So the animal's symbolic death was a physical symbol of what's really at stake the life or death of the community. So, this is something like it's, it's meant to deter you from sin, right? It's meant to think, make you think, like, man, if I sin, then I'm just adding to the sins of my community um, and causing really death in my community because the, the wages of sin is death. So so there's that, right? But they say the animal's death was not just a reminder of sin's tragic consequences. It was also the animal's life was also considered a symbolic substitute. If sin vandalizes God's world with death and pain, then God has every right to make people face the just consequences. But God loves his creation and doesn't want to kill them. So the animal's life, symbolically offered as a ransom payment that would cover them so like what they're saying is the the just response, the fair response of God to our sin would be to kill us but because God loves us then they offer a lamb instead
1: so there's there's still that element of God loving us but the animal would suffice
0: yeah but it's definitely like a, a human rewriting of, of love might work, right? Right, right, right. It's sort of a twisted, it's sort of an abusive relationship, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like this, this always like pay the debtor. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, yeah, transactional thing.
0: So let's say then if John the Baptist is looking back at the Old Testament God, at the God that the Old Testament talks about, and John, like we said, doesn't understand God as far as Jesus. Right. They say, like, if you want to know God, look at Jesus. That's what God is. That's what God looks like.
1: So, right. And did someone just come up to you and say that in your.
0: My friend sent me yeah. um, a, a message to say that she was like, no, God looks like Jesus. That's what it says. So there's no old guy, there's no beard, there's just a young man.
2: Who looks like Jesus. I love it. But I love sure. it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love that. If John the Baptist, and I'm just gripping here, is looking back at the Old Testament God and saying, okay, this is the God who demands sacrifice and um, needs us to give something to cover for our sins, then uh, then Jesus is the ultimate lamb, right? An innocent, sinless being who takes the weight of our sin and is sacrificed, literally, for, to cover our sins,
1: yeah, to cover our sins. Yeah, interesting. So this is this is really John's kind of Jewish
2: mm-hmm.
1: background and faith, talking about the yeah. Lamb of God, talking about Jesus like the Lamb of God, like right. Another yeah,
0: John, the gospel writer, is really trying to to jibe the story of Jesus with the Old Testament. the The word uh, to okay. take the Greek word for who takes away can also mean who bears, who holds, or carries.
2: On. I love it. I love that translation.
0: So tell me this: How do you feel about this idea that Jesus needed to be sacrificed for our sins?
2: Yeah, I,
1: right. A lot of people <laughs> say that. You're like, you know, we're saved because Jesus died for our sins mm-hmm. and. You know, a lot of interpretations of that, what that means. I mean, that's mm-hmm. people think that confessions are not needed. I mean, you know, different faiths, different Christian faiths all around that. Yeah. How does that, what does that mean to me is a great question. Great question. I don't know. I, I mean, I, it's, I think, a core part of my belief, but I don't, honestly don't think i really
0: kind of explored it more mm-hmm. in depth. Um, well, the, well, what kind of, what does it say about God? that God would need or that God would kind of participate in this Jesus being the sacrificial lamb.
1: Yeah. He kind of is like the same God of the old Testament, right? Like yeah. meaning, meaning that, I don't know. I, I, it goes in an area that I don't really <laughs> normally explore yeah. um, of my faith, but cause I know that like, you know, Jesus died and he, that was allowed, allowed the heavens, gates to be open right like all the souls that were kind of waiting
0: out of of purgatory as in
1: so what i heard i don't know when or where yeah but that like jesus when jesus died he opened the gates of heaven so that everyone who had died before him were kind of waiting around and now they can be in okay god and and
2: heaven Yeah.
0: yeah i think we talked about that Okay, yeah. And I know you're may- maybe talking too about the apostle's creed, where he descended to hell for three days and then possibly, just possibly. ascended to heaven, and that, that yeah. was sort of
1: conquered hell, right? Is yeah, that what, yeah. They say? And
0: opened the door, opened the doors, and people. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but you know, I don't have an answer to this either, really, about why this should work or why this shouldn't work. To me, I think it's an important question for us to ask ourselves, though, right? Because if we believe that God is love, which I do, then we need to we need to look at the story in that lens. How does love really work in the story of Jesus, God's son?
1: Yeah, I wonder if it's. Uh, I wonder if it's humans trying to understand the story and saying mm-hmm. like this is part of God's plan, because mm-hmm. um, does. Because I know that a lot of the Old Testament links back to the life of Jesus in the New Testament. So does it say that he, yeah, because he would die and raise the third day,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right, somewhere in the Old Testament. So I just wonder if it's not necessarily something that God needed, but just knew that he would have a lot of followers, that he would be, that man, of course, is always going to get in the way. And Mm then because of that, this is what happened, but not necessarily like, 'Cause God really wanted us to live in Eden, right? Mm-hmm. He's like try, he's, probably, he's probably like trying to make it work and he's like, you know, like a two year old. You're like, I just want you to have the best life, but you just need to stop crying or crying having out wow. And tantrums, like I'm just trying to eat feed you, you know, yeah. like yeah. I feel like it's, um, I for me, that's more of a loving God that's coming from more of a loving space rather than being like, no, 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 you failed. So now I need to do this so that this happens. Like, I think that's, yeah, it's, I, I guess that's where kind of where I allow my faith to go and where I can I justify it all in being that is that it happened. It happened. Because it's right. really, it you know, what happened to Jesus was a very man. Thing like a very human thing of being threatened. Limiting the threat is the the best way to do that is to kill. But really, it's not because when there's death involved, there's always going to be followers and people who are em- empowered and inspired by that death mm-hmm. to do more. Um, we can think of a lot of things in our modern history of that too, right? Um, but it's kind of like the weakness of human kind in the greatest scheme of everything
0: like our, the limit of our creativity almost or our, our imagination of how a God could work. Right.
1: Yeah. Or justifying mankind's decisions to be like, Oh yeah, this is, this is what God wanted.
0: Right. Right, like, right. Cause we
1: like, like, we failed because we, absolutely. we messed up and, you know, allow our emotions to get the best of us of, of, of greed and power, And I mean, every time, I mean, I'm just thinking of like MLK and I'm thinking of, George Floyd, like, it's just like, you know, these, the power and corrupt, you know, it just gets in the way and, and God is just like kind of working (laughs) with the mess that we all are. Uh, So
0: basically, God is speaking the language that we understand. Is kind of what you're saying. Like, because we require, because we only understand justice in one way, God, you know, wrote the story to, to be understood by us
1: yeah that god is is definitely speaking our language and because we he knew that like we were going to be humans and we were going to be threatened and wanting to eliminate the threat of our power or the power of the people or the messaging yeah. or you know the trust in the systems and all that stuff i think that's that's like okay maybe we work with this
0: okay that's I what mean, you it's do a, it's a theory right
1: it's a theory right but that's what like parents do right they're like yeah. I know that you're cranky and I know that you're not going to do it. So I'm going to like adapt my language <laughs> right. and, and right. my attitude so that it will right. all work out. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, and that's more love, right. Rather than like yelling and screaming and being like, you got to put your coat on right now rather than being like, okay, do you want me to put your coat on or do you want you to put the coat on yourself?
0: <laughs> right. Right. So, right. So I just, I kind of want to wrap this all together, tie okay. it all together. Right. Because John the Baptist Knows that something is coming, right? Is looking for yeah. signs. Is looking yeah. for looking for a Messiah who fits John the Baptist's understanding of what God should look like and how God should work, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm guessing I know I'm not obviously not a John scholar, but I'm guessing that's sort of what John is doing too. He's making the story. He's he's retro writing the story to fit this old testament vision of what a messiah would be like
1: you're talking john the writer not john John
0: the writer (laughs) both of them yeah Uh but i think john the writer is 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 retro writing the story right to make it like hit all the marks that the old testament people would be looking for john may have an understanding of how this works that is john the writer like similar to yours right he's like yeah making this make sense yep But I just want to tell you that this is a really hotly debated question universally. Is this, was this God's plan? Did God see Jesus as a sacrificial lamb? Was Jesus sent here to die? Did God need Jesus to take, you know, take the bear, the brunt of our sins so that God could forgive us? Did God create us for eden and then was god caught by surprise that we didn't cooperate and so had to come up with a plan b like right, there's right. all yeah. these sort of theories it. and none of them are none of them are sure right cuz how can we be but this theory of atonement which is like that jesus pays the pays the fee for our sins is one price that comes from um aquinas mostly and it's the, it's what's taught in seminaries so it is the oh. theory that we hear most of all in the in the roman catholic church There's lots of other ways to look at it so okay so if you're going to mass this weekend and i know you are yep. maybe you try to listen to this reading because it doesn't even sound like it's not even a good story. It's just like an interstitial kind of story between the baptism and whatever happens next.
2: Right. But
0: maybe listen to it with an ear of what was God's intention here? Like, what is God doing with Jesus?
2: How does yeah. it work? Right.
0: Cause you may come up with some surprising other ideas.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, it, it takes, uh, you know, for those who are, um, like catholics for a long time it, it mm-hmm. takes the view a little differently those that who are new or um from our christian brothers and sisters you know you can kind of interpret it in a different way um yeah of just and then and it's also like humans trying all humans trying to understand this creator that we really we really we won't know until we meet him in heaven yeah trying to make yeah. it make sense of, of it of it all
0: i know this has been a really heavy episode yeah yeah but i got a very
1: simple on a very simple short message that's true yeah.
0: i guess if there's one thing i wish for our listeners is that they know that they have permission to listen critically to the gospels like that they can they can ask themselves the questions like oh is this does this story really say what i always thought it said or what i was told it said and is there more to learn about who god is than what i've been told you know yeah, and it's like it's okay to ask those questions, and it's okay to to really wonder and pull apart what you've been assuming is true all this time. Yeah,
2: I love it.
1: I love it. And yeah. you can keep keep on uh, exploring this newly with us each and every week. Um, and you can follow us on our Instagram at lux underscore the podcast. You can just look for a plum um, outline of a light bulb, mm-hmm. and you can find materials on margomorin.com we said
0: m-a-r-g-o-m-o-r-i-n
1: dot com and <laughs> if you uh, want to connect with me you can uh, connect with me with stevenantonio.com that's steven with a b uh, and we hope that you uh, enjoyed this very heady and and
2: hopefully no, sorry everyone <laughs>
1: yeah ho- no but hopefully exploring you know we need to challenge our listeners Sure. Um Every once in a while, as well, to just to look at the gospel a little bit differently.
0: We're, you know, what we're doing. We're shedding a, a new light on the yes. gospel.
2: That's, That's right. Family. That is With right. The,
0: hey, Stephen, um, what what's what's coming up next on um, Lux next
1: week? Next week on Lux underscore the podcast. Find out if that dove is
2: gonna catch on fire <laughs> next time. Yeah. Online. Um, on lux underscore the podcast. The podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Mario. Bye everyone Stephen.